Hey, it's Junk Man. My buddy uh, JJ Ferris is on the line with me. How you doing, dude? Junk Man, I'm good. How you doing, dude? Good. Now JJ is is interesting guy. He's got a big musical past. And I think one of the first things that really he became famous for was a band called Slam and Gladys. During the early 90s, when the music scene was changing, Slam and Gladys came out with an album. They were playing a lot of shows. And then everything kind of changes and the band kind of went away. And what's really cool is he has gotten the original band back together again, and they've come out with a brand new record entitled Two on Jib Machine Records. And, uh, dude, this is great stuff. Um Man, first off, um, welcome, <laughs> and glad to have hey, you man. back. Yeah, man, thanks for having me again. I, it's always great to be here. Um, you know, uh, love that Slam and Gladys has something to talk about after all these years. We're so excited about the new release. Yeah, uh, now, what got you guys back together again in the first place? Now, I don't want to go, so, in 1992, tell us about, you know, no, yeah. you know tell me about well, Update, and then you know, how did all this happen? Yeah, we so... Um, we we've all kept in touch over the years while we have been and remained friends over all the years which is you know in its own right a, a crazy thing and through the through the years of everything i guess the way it the way it plant the way it plays out is dave brooks the singer and charlie from jim machine records had met up and um, they had a conversation and and charlie mentioned to dave he's like why don't you guys maybe do a song or two and I can maybe release it on jib and it might be pretty fun. And so Dave's like, sure, let me see what the guys say. Um, we planned it out. We were meant, they all came out here. We did a day of pre-production and we were meant to go do two songs and we ended up cutting seven songs that day. And it kind of started the whole project and through, you know, through, through another year or so in, in figuring stuff out, replacing things, changing this and, and kind of polishing it a bit. We kind of, we we ended up with two, which is what we're you know what we're so so happy again that's out. Well, it's a really cool sound, man. It's you know it's really hard to describe. You just really got to listen to it and decide on your own what style it is. You know, and I've I've seen press releases where it's you know it's this and that, and it's it reminds me of this, and you know like everybody does these days, you have to compare it to something. Right. And what I heard initially, I heard it like Tommy Bolin records. You know, like it's got that funky rock thing going on and um you know i guess if i can compare it to anything that's not too bad to compare it to correct or you know yeah i was you know, i was talking about this the other day with a friend was saying like i think the the way to perfectly describe slam and gladys is a, a modern blues rock band with pop overtones yep yep absolutely and um so whatever that means <laughs> but it's got world. a funk it's got a funk to it yeah. which i really 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 love it, it, you know being a drummer and all you know yeah because junk man you might you might no, I remember like the first album we did was a, had a lot of a lot of funk going on. Yeah, and, uh, that's why I really going on. That's what really we, got me into the band in the first place because I remember I do believe I saw you guys back in L.A. Uh, way yeah. back in the day. Nice. And I would always remember bands that were different from all those other bands that all sounded the same that were on the strip. You know, I had a handful of bands that I really liked back then. And around right. the around the early '90s, when you guys were around, people were really looking for something new. And I remember that when the name came up, and I went, "Wow!" I seem to remember them just kind of standing out, you know. So yeah, we were we were moved. Uh, the Chili Peppers were a huge influence at the time, um, you know, and um, like "Give It Away," "Give It Away," like yeah. all those great songs, like you know, "Sex Magic," and um, 
just just that whole funky kind of Al Al Collins, our bass player. He was like doing the the flea thing. He had that completely going on back in the day, and um, so we were definitely uh, came from that funky thing. But you know, all in all, we're blues a blues rock based um, based um, you know force, and it's pretty cool. Yep, which is what I'm all about, man. Anything uh, anything that that falls into that genre immediately catches my ears. So, um, man. It's it's just so good that that you guys could get the original band back together again. That's you know a lot of people haven't been able to do that either. The fact that you know some of the guys have either completely said goodbye to the music business forever after what was going on way back in the day, or they're just dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah, cool. We, we, we didn't. Yeah, we're lucky. We we made it. We made it past that part. We're good. <laughs> now, um, but now, yeah, it's 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 interesting. The you know. And if you were to replace anyone and any any person in this band, it would definitely sound good, but it would never have that um, that feeling that Slam and Gladys has because there's a certain kind of uh, like a swagger that that Steve and Al, you know, bass and drums kind of they have this swagger about them that gives that gives me all this freedom as a guitar player and Dave probably all this freedom to kind of do things over top, but they definitely have a swagger that, that just couldn't be replaced if it was anybody else. It's really cool too. Now you've taken over most of the production on it yourself, correct? Yeah. They, um, they, they, uh, they trusted me. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, yeah, they, we, um, I've, I've been doing a lot of production. I, uh, at, at home, I work a lot, um, doing a lot of production and, you know, on other projects and stuff. And I've gotten to be, you know, got my, my chops together a bit. And, and I, I was really honored and thrilled to be part of a production to, to work with Slam and Gladys and, you know, produce and mix the album. It was quite cool. Uh, but also very stressful because I wanted to make sure, you know, it was, it has a certain kind of thing about it. And it was very, it was a very, uh, very interesting process, but it came out really good. Really happy with the way it came out. Well, great. I mean, it sounds great. Now, it, during, speaking of processes, did most of this happen pre-lockdown or was a lot of this happened during the lockdown? Um, yeah, we kind of started in um, August of 2018 was the very first recording session when we did those seven songs. And it kind of continued um, basically for the next year, year and a half after that. So a little bit, a little bit of a mix of both, but mostly it was un, in the unquarantined stage. So that was good. But when we did the Dragon Eye Girl video, we were full on quarantine at that at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we were up on that roof and it was super hot. It was like probably 90 degrees that day. And yeah, just blaring. <laughs> yeah, we were just all just drenched and we're over there going, dude, we're going to get like, you know, everyone's going to get the shit. We're all, <laughs> we're all dripping wet, man. Don't touch my sweat. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, but we, we got through and we made it, but it was, it was quite an, it was a lot of fun being on that rooftop, even though it was warm. Sure. <laughs> now, was a lot of this live in the studio or was it uh, done other ways that everybody has to do it now? Yeah. We, we so we recorded the basic tracks, um, it's a analog and digital recording. It's in the Valley. Um, a guy named Doug messenger. He's been there for like 30 years and it's just a great room. A lot of, a lot of great bands like incubus and, uh, Foo fighters and no doubt and a lot of, a lot of bands back in the day did demos there and so forth. So the room always had a great, great sound and, uh, it was always known for, so we, we decided uh, to go in there and do the basic tracks, the bass and drums, and those guys kind of copped all that stuff live and, and Dave and I played along with them and then brought everything back over to my place, to my studio and just did all the guitars 
and vocals over here and mixed and did everything at my place after that. So basic tracks are over at the other studio and then everything else at my place. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's give it a spin over here. Let the people, uh, groove on what we've been grooving on. It's brand new from Slam and Gladys. The song is called Dragon Eyed Girl. The album title is Two, which is perfectly titled. Yeah. <laughs> nice and simple. Keep it going. And uh, we'll be back with guitar player J.J. Ferris in just a moment.
And there you go, man. Getting down, getting funky, brother. All right. Digging it. Uh, well, I'll tell you, this band was originally from Ohio area. Now, have you guys all migrated to the West Coast? Is everybody everybody a kind of a West Coast person now? Yeah, I could I could definitely uh well the 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 the, the band it's interesting because back in the day when I was I think I was probably sixteen and I got I got my first fake ID <laughs> and and in and um in the place to play well the Cleveland Agora was really cool because I grew up in Cleveland and then um so the Akron Agora was another place where where we always used to go watch music and at the time when I used to go to the Akron Agora, there was um, a band called Gotham City, which was Dave Brooks' band, um, our singer Dave's band back in the day. And I'll never forget going to see them. And they had Tony Martin on guitar, Mac, Mark Matthews on bass. I mean, they're a ripping band. They were doing like Dreams from Van Halen. They were doing uh, Eat Em and Smile or Yankee Rose, rather. And they were doing uh, um, Journey. And they were all these great vocal songs that anybody just couldn't sing. It was like a phenomenal sound. So I used to sit there in the front row and, and as a 16-year-old and watch Dave sing and go, wow, I'd like to be in a band with this guy, you know. Um, finally got to the backstage area at one of the shows and uh, didn't have <laughs> didn't have much opportunity to talk with Dave as he was, uh, you know, kind of occupied at the time. But eventually, when we <laughs> all, moved, all moved out to L.A., um, we met up again in L.A. and that's when I had the opportunity to audition for the band. It's terrific. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank God they got the right guy for that, man. That's for sure. I can, well, I can... Dave, Dave, Dave said to me, you can either stay in your current band. And at the time, I was in a band called Biloxi. He's like, you can stay in your current band and play all of his songs, or you can join our band and write your own songs or play your own songs. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's great. Now, I was uh, I heard that our mutual friend, the late uh, Jenny Lane, had some help in uh, helping you guys get started, too as well yes sir yeah he um he was such a great great uh mentor influence whatever you want to call back in the day he um came in as executive producer he sang background vocals on a track called uh what you need which was a ballad at the time and uh he was at the studio the whole time when we were recording the album you know giving the thumbs up or hey man why don't you guys give one give that another go and um i had a lot of correspondence with him as a guitarist as well i played on um a track called stronger now I played a nylon string guitar part on the track Stronger Now. I think it's called um, Ultraphobic was the album that was on or something to that. And uh, he had his studio down in my house for a while. We were always like he was always recording in my basement for a while. We were writing a lot post, you know, after post warrant. So I had a lot of a lot of we had a lot of correspondence with him and a lot of partying to match all the all the music, a lot of partying to do as well. Yeah, well, you know, he was he was good at that too, but just such yeah. a great songwriter, man. He was really so talented. Great singer, yeah. great ear, and he was one of those guys that you could just sit down and talk with for hours. He could talk to you mm. about anything. And that's that's what I really miss about him on the most. I, I he and I could always more. talk. He yeah. and I could always talk, you know. He'd call me in the middle of the night when he was bored sometime because he was thinking about something, and he'd say, you know what, I know you know about this, and blah, 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 be it another band or, you know, anything. It was like a, or a sports thing or just something, and he was just a great conversationalist, you know. So Yeah, man, he was, he was like I said, such an influence um, to me as a songwriter. Great songs. In fact, so I have, a, I have his guitar here now. He has a... Um, black Alvarez guitar that um, Dave from Slam and Gladys got after after everything went down and I have it here at my house now so I actually picked it up the other day and I 
was recorded with it it was really really cool awesome uh, it kind of sent me to another place for a second man <clears throat> yeah yeah well again it just you know every the anniversary every year it comes by and i'm always i'm thinking about him a lot yeah man. you know yeah man um well in terms of slamming gladys man now when everything starts to open up do you guys think you're gonna you're gonna tour this you're gonna do something like that yeah, well, we're hoping to, to have the opportunity to play, you know, wherever anybody wants us, really. But mm-hmm. um, as far as getting a little tour together, there's some opportunities. People are talking now about planning some some Midwest type of um, situations. We have a uh, we have a live venue. It's a it's got like nine cameras and it's a professional audio place in, in the Cleveland area that we're talking about going and doing a live performance in the meantime. Cool. And to get get some of the fans, you know, to get to see us live. And then we're really hoping by September maybe by september december somewhere at the end of the year we're hoping to get out there and start playing it but we really look forward to it it's uh something that we you know can't get enough of that you know sure well where can people find out more about it um slamandgladys.com yeah slamandgladys.com has uh obviously the story it's got a lot of cool pictures some videos and then uh, all of our merchandise is on merchbucket.com it's uh-huh. um just go to merchbucket.com and then search by band, search for Slam and Gladys, and then you'll find your hats and your masks and your T-shirts and your bundles and your hoodies and all that good stuff. And the record, of course. <laughs> and the record. And the record. And the first record, which is uh, oh, cool. likely uh, uh, titled One. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Which One is, uh, and which Two. Is, uh, yeah, so first, the first record's been remastered, um, so it does have a new life to it um, for those who had the first record. Great. Now, did you do the remastering itself or? I did. Yep. Yeah. I awesome. remastered it in my place. And uh, it was interesting. We, when doing it, it we, the whole band was talking after everyone heard them. I heard stuff that never heard before. Wow. That's like, you know, everyone was kind of commenting on it. was like another, it's like kind of a little bit more, a bit, bit more modern sounding, but it still sounds, you know, still sounds to the date it was recorded, but it's a bit more, just a little more punchier, I guess. Yep. Well, punchy is definitely a good term for it, man. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's got it. So, um, tell us another track that we could play off this thing, man. I, I really want people to hear as much about this before they go out and they actually get it. I just want to get them psyched up like I did when I heard it for the first time. So, you know, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we spin, uh, like Toxic Lover, the, 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 the opening track. Let's, that's a good, uh, that's kind of a, uh, that's our a little bit of tip of the hat to the pop world a bit. Well, there you go. All right. Well, JJ, man, I really appreciate you, uh, you get on the line for us. Anything else you want to add about the band or, you know, anything well, I, else you could tell us? Yeah, I just, I, I would say if you haven't heard um, the new Slam and Gladys album, um, give it a shot, give it a listen. You won't be disappointed. Slamandgladys.com, merchbucket.com for all you, all you folks that need those cool t-shirts and hats. And that's about it. Look forward to being on the show again down the road, Junk Man. Really appreciate it. You got it, man. Hang on the line just for a moment. Again, this is brand new from Slam and Gladys from the album two. It's called Toxic Lover. Crank it.
hey, it's Junkman. And uh, that was brand new from Slammin' Gladys. Once again, Toxic Lover, the name of that song, from the brand new record, Two. It's on Jib Machine Records. And my thanks to J.J. Ferris for calling in. Go get it.